tell us life is all about balance, right? But what does that really mean anyway? Is balance achievable? Can we really have it all? I know there have been points in my life where I felt like my career was thriving and I was achieving what many would call worldly success, but everything else around me was suffering and crumbling beneath me. And there are times when I felt like my family was closer than ever, my friendships were strong and life-giving, but I felt uninspired and lacking in my professional journey. The pendulum seems to swing back and forth. So is it possible to have both? Is it possible to be following the calling God has on your vocational life while also cultivating your family and your friends and everything you do outside of work? Can the two coexist? Are we really in competition with ourselves? Or are we in a made-up competition with everyone else? Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Jamie Ivey, the host of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. To say I was honored to interview her is a bit of an understatement. I've been a listener of her show for years, and the way she is able to connect with and inspire her listeners is unlike anyone else I know. We had such an encouraging conversation, and I know you're going to love it. Now on to the episode with Jamie. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you on the show today for so many reasons. Um, One, I, you know, and I I realize I'm sure you get this all the time because you, you know, you live your life in the digital world, so to speak. And people are like, I feel like I know you, but I really do feel like I know you. It does happen all the time, and I think people feel weird about that, but I always say it's because I tell you so much. Like, it's not weird. I've, I've given you this information, yeah. and so it's just one-sided, but we're going to change that today with me and you, so there's that. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I People people say it to me, too, and they're always like, I'm really sorry if that's creepy. I'm like, no, it's really fine. Like, I, I willingly put the information out there for you to consume, so it's- It's not like you're searching me, and I haven't told you this information, and you're like, you know- sitting in my backyard spying on me and talking to my friends behind my back. No, I give you this information. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there is so much um, that I want to get to know you because, you know, as a listener of your show, and I know so many of my friends listen to your show, when you're the host, you know, you're kind of, you're always interviewing your guest and you're getting to know your guest. And sometimes people don't get to know you as much. And so I'm really excited to kind of have you on the other side of the, the microphone, so to speak. And to just get to know you and hear a little bit about your story, because there's so many exciting things that are happening for you in the next year. And I mean, six months, Um, you have a book coming out in January, which I'm really excited because I'm on your launch team. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So before we get into all of that, I'm going to have you do what I have all my guests do. And that's give us the Jamie 101. So tell us your story, where you're from, <laughs> what led you to where you are today. Okay, I'll just give you a little quick who I am. Sounds great. So my husband, Aaron, and I, we live in Austin, Texas, which we think is just the greatest place on the planet. And we have been here nine and a half years. So almost an entire decade have I been in in Austin. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids. Our oldest is 13, and he's an eighth grader. 
and he is our only biological son. And then behind that, we have our 12-year-old who um, is in sixth grade, and we adopted him from Haiti. Mm -hmm. And then behind him is an 11-year-old who's also in sixth grade, and we adopted him domestically. And then our last final little princess who will just beat you up and crack you up all at the same time is our daughter and she's in fourth grade and we also adopted her from Haiti as well. So we have four kids. So we have a crazy, busy, very full life mm. and they're all involved in things and all kinds of things. Before we moved to Austin, we lived outside of Nashville, Tennessee for five years. Oh, that's awesome. And before then we were in the Houston area and I, my jobs, I'm a podcaster, a writer, a speaker, all the things there that involve that. And so that's kind of a big overview of who I am. My husband's a worship pastor here in Austin at the Austin Stone Community Church. And so that's who I am. I love what else it. do you want to know? I love it. Well, I I have never been to Austin, but I've been to Texas and Austin is on my bucket list. And so the more that I hear from people about Austin, the more I'm like, I really, I need to go to this place. Well, I will say I'm born and raised in Texas. So, you know, as Texas people, we think that we live in the greatest state that there ever has been or will be. <laughs> and so I, I do fall under that category, although I know we can be quite annoying about it. But I will say Austin is different than any other city in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been to Texas and you think you know Texas, you need to come to Austin and know Austin because it is it is beautiful and vibrant. And there is a great art culture here and music and TV industry and food and just so many things here that are just worth coming to spend a weekend here. It's so much fun. I have heard that Austin is very similar to Asheville, North Carolina, which I love Asheville um, because Asheville is a very different city compared to the rest of the state. Like very similar, really great restaurants, great shopping, so many, you know, an art culture. Like it just kind of is this kind of interesting little almost bubble in the middle of the mountains. Yeah. Um, but I've heard culturally and, and even the downtown area I've heard looks kind of similar to Austin. So it's, it's like full of just weirdness. Yeah. And you know, that's just great. Yeah. It's the, the, you guys have the, the bumper stickers that say, keep Austin weird. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We do. And there are weird things here, you know, but it's just what makes it, it makes it what it is. And I love this place. I really, really do. I love it. Well, I want to get, first into talking a little bit about how you got into podcasting. And one thing that I think is kind of cool that you and I have in common is we both have um, a little bit of a radio background. Um, I worked in radio a couple years after um, I got out of college. And that was what initially sparked the interest in me in doing something like this. And, you know, it was one of those things where I kind of just twiddled my thumbs for years. I was like, one day, one day I'll start one of those things that I've been wanting to start. Um, but I want you to kind of share with people. So you know, what got you into podcasting? What what drew you to this medium? And and what is your show like for somebody that maybe hasn't heard it before? Um, if they've been living under a rock, um, you know, what what's your show like? And, and what made you decide to start it? Okay, so yeah, the show that I started, uh, like you said, I, you had probably more time in radio than I did. I don't even know. I spent a few months in radio. And it was just this weird, weird chain of events that happened. And so about Kali, six years ago, I heard a radio station here in town do an advertisement that they were looking for someone to fill in. Well, not fill in. They were looking to hire someone for the morning show. Okay. So they did this open casting call. I called it this little radio American Idol here in Austin. <laughs> and in my crazy mind, I thought I could do that. Well, I didn't actually, I take that back. I didn't think I could do that. I thought that sounds like a lot of fun, you know? And yeah. so I've always had this kind of weird dream that I would like to do something in media. If I could go back to college, I would have done my major I would have studied it or whatever so 
I get the idea that that'd be a lot of fun. So I send in a 60 second little uh, demo, which if I played it to you right now, you would just die. It is. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought you had to be like the cheesiest person ever. I was like, hey, this is Jamie. I, I, it is so dumb. It is so dumb. But anyway, I sent it in and I just thought this will be fun. I mean, this was six years ago. My presence on the internet was way smaller than it is now. I had a blog. But it wasn't anything like it is now with my podcast and stuff. Yeah. And so, but it was all voting. And so we did all the voting and I made it to the top 10 and it was just crazy. And so then from there, the station picked five people. And so I was one of those five, which my husband, Aaron, and I are still going, what the heck is actually happening? Because <laughs> I've never done radio. I've never spoken into a microphone. And so I went in on like a Thursday and I, I was with them all morning and I left and I thought that was so much fun. I mean, I just really, really loved it. I know people who like do radio their whole life. They're probably like, she was naive and she didn't know. <laughs> so but it was so fun to me and crazy enough, yeah. they picked me. They picked me. I won this job. So I started working on a morning show here in Austin and I loved it. I loved everything about it. I mean, I didn't like the early mornings, but whatever. Yeah. And so I just really found this thing that I loved. And then the longest part of that story is that it was really, really, really hard on our family. I told you that mm. two of our kids um, are from Haiti and they yeah. had only been a part of our family for about a year. Mm. And so we were just kind of still figuring out how to be a family of six. They were still figuring out just all kinds of things about being in a family. And so my family was struggling big time. And I personally, in well, not personally, probably, but me professionally, I was thriving. I was like, this is amazing. It was my first time to have a job after having kids. I felt validated. I felt like I was important. I felt all of these things that I maybe thought I was missing in my life. I mean, looking back now, I can see I wasn't missing them because yeah. I can I get those other places. But yeah, I just had to make a really hard decision and I ended up quitting and it was a really, really hard decision. But what happened from that is it really introduced me to something that I had never thought was a possibility. And that was doing media in this way mm -hmm. as a job and so about a year later I was on someone's podcast and when I got done on that podcast I thought I think I could do what she just did and so six months later I started a podcast and if you go back and listen to my early shows you know we're three and a half years in you could tell that I didn't know what I was doing but it was fun <laughs> and it was this hobby and I would record with my friends and then put it up whenever I wanted there was no consistency consistency to it it was just this fun show that I did and so that's kind of what got me into podcasting was this really really short career in radio I, I wouldn't even call it a career let's just be honest these <laughs> short months where I got to have fun on a morning show your stint you call my it, stint in radio you're my stint in radio when do you think the it evolved for you like at, at what point was there or was there or did it just kind of happen over time or do you think that there was a point when you started the podcast you know it was just sort of your it was fun and you're like oh, I'm just gonna interview my friends it'll be great and you know at what point did you say man I I think I'm really good at this I think I can really grow this I think I can do this for a living full time what at what point did that happen for you I would say about a year into the show I started kind of playing around with some advertising um, on the show because you know, people will listen to podcasts and like, oh, I don't like the show anymore. They have ads. And I mean, you can listen to whatever you want. But when we listen to the radio, or we watch TV. That's how things make a living. You right. Know, is the right. Advertisements. And so I started playing around with it and thinking, you know, this has been a hobby for me. But what if I made this a job? And it was a it was a hobby that was it wasn't taking from my family. So it wasn't a matter of I need to either make this work or I need to quit. I could have continued in the hobby for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I kind of decided what would I what would I do? 
do if this became a job for me? And so what would that look like? And so I kind of started doing some advertising and just called it my friend. I have a lot of just amazing, crafty, wonderful friends who have started businesses. And I was like, hey, you want to advertise on here? Like, throw me a piece of jewelry and I'll put your show. You know, like it yeah. was just the thing that I was kind of dabbling in. And then about a couple months after that is when I thought, you know what, I'm going to really see if we can take this to the next level. Yeah. And from that point, the next level was just a little step up. I mean, it wasn't like I was, you know, jumping through massive hoops. I was just doing small steps at a time. And I had done the small advertising. So I decided I think I can maybe bring someone to help me edit the shows because that's just I'm not the best at that. And so I thought that would really help the show if I could bring someone on to edit it. And then from there, I decided if it's going to be more than a hobby, if I'm going to try to make this a, a real show a job, I need to change a few things. I need it to be consistent. It needs to come out every single day, every single week, mm -hmm. same day, same time. It needs to be consistent because before then it was like, ah, oh, if I have time, I'll do it. Yeah. And so I, I got someone on to help me edit it, edit the show. We became consistent and then we started looking for more ads. And so from there it became a job because the show had to go up no matter what. It doesn't yeah. matter if, for me personally, the way I run my show is if, if I'm out of town for two weeks, a show will still air, you know, so yep. it doesn't depend on that. And so it kind of just made that shift. And from there I liked the job aspect of it. I liked it being something like that. And so then it's just continued in that consistency and having in, in a job mindset in my mind. I love that. And one of the things that I think you that you just do so well is you have this ability to connect with so many different types of women and the, you know, the, the different types of guests you have, um, you know, everybody from authors to speakers to, you know, business owners to just, you know, your friends, you're able to connect with them and share Jesus with them and share your, you know, your story with them. And, you make people, you and your guests make people feel like they're sitting right there in the room with you. Was that always the goal from the beginning or as you started it and when it was just something fun, but you realized that there was more behind this, that people's lives were being impacted, that you were able to share the gospel in a really unique way? How did that happen for you? And, and what have you felt or seen over the years as you've gotten more into this? And, you know, what's the what kind of impact have you seen? Yeah, I mean, the show has definitely evolved. I mean, if you go back and listen to some of the early episodes, I mean, I remember I did an early episode with my friend Jenny Allen. And for like 35 minutes, we talked about a survey I read online about <laughs> the best cities in America. <laughs> and I, I laugh at that now because that's so radio. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you in radio you have these uh you know this you have these web pages that you look at and they tell you all these stupid things that you can talk about right yeah. like they just give you great content you know yes. and so i felt as though i was still trying to figure out who am I? What is this show going to be like? I don't know anything about podcasting, but I know I was on the radio for three months and we talked about stupid surveys. And so maybe that's what I need to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I, the show has definitely evolved. And, and I'm, I think that I hope it's still evolving. I mean, if we mm -hmm. stop evolving, we stop creating art. And so, right. uh, you know, the show has definitely evolved. And at the beginning when it was just this hobby, I would just bring my friends on and what can we talk about? And when I created the show, it's called the happy hour, with Jamie Ivy. And, and the reason that it's called that is because to me, I thought, how about I create a show that really does feel like me and my girlfriends are at a happy hour. Mm -hmm. And so people say what you just said all the time. And I am blown away and just like honored and humbled because they're feeling what I want them to feel. And I want them to feel as though they're with us, Yeah, um, which is just the weirdest 
thing ever. And when I started the show and I thought to myself, I want to make a show where people feel like they're with us. That's weird. That's, that's, a, that's a hard concept to think that you can listen to something for an hour and feel like you just had coffee with people that you didn't even really see. You yeah. didn't really get the talk. You actually were not in the conversation, yeah. <laughs> but you feel as though you were. And so that's what I wanted because when my girlfriends and I meet for happy hour or for coffee or whatever it might be, our conversations are so fluid that that if I were if you and I were to meet for happy hour, I want to catch up on what's happened in your life, and I also want to talk to you about you know this is us, and I also want to talk to you about mm. oh my gosh, I got these new pants that I can't take <laughs> off because they're so comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Our conversations as women are so they're just they're they're fluid, except we can we can constantly go from one thing or another, um, and we can go deep and we can skim the surface in one same conversation, and mm-hmm. so that has always been my goal. Yeah. And I think that has evolved and gotten better over time. And I mean, it, it's amazing what the show has become because in all honesty, I didn't see that in the beginning. I didn't see what it would be when women come up to me and say, your show has meant so much to me and your show has changed my life. That's, that's hard to hear, you know, mm-hmm. because that's crazy because I didn't plan that is what yeah. I'm trying to say. I didn't plan that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just further evidence that, you know, God put this opportunity in your life and you just listened to it and <laughs> you might not have known at the time what you were, you were like, well, okay, I think this is, you know, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, God just continued to bless that and bless your business. And I just, yeah. I think it's so awesome. And, 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 you know, thinking of that, had I known that it three and a half years later, I was going to be here. I don't think I would have started. It would have been too overwhelming. It would have been way too much for me to, to take in or handle or even think was possible. And so I would have just been like, I can't do that. It's too much. Yeah. But I just started small with exactly what I knew and exactly what was in front of me. Exactly. And And, and then it's become something that's great. Yeah. And sometimes I think that that's, what we have to do as women, we have to do as moms, we have to do as business owners. I mean, that's such a lesson for life in general is not, I think our, I don't know, I think our society kind of puts this picture in our in our heads of we have to like know what we're supposed to do five years from now or 10 years from now, and like have this huge vision. I mean, not that vision's bad and we should obviously have vision, but I think sometimes we think we have to have it all figured out and know exactly where we're going to go, where sometimes God's like, no, I just want you to start with this one step and just Mm -hmm. see what I do. And then sometimes you have to take that one step and then you hang out for a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you take another step and then you hang out some more (laughs) rather than trying to run with the radio thing. Like, like I asked constantly when I felt like I need to quit, God, why would you, why would you put me here? Yeah. And then really force my hands to quit. And, and I know he was asking me to do that. And I feel confident now it was the best decision. One of the best decisions I've ever made in my life was to put my family ahead of a career. Yeah. But at the time it didn't seem fair. You know, it didn't yeah. seem right. And it seemed like, God, why did I go through four months of something I really liked? But look at what he was preparing me for. I, I don't think I would have ever had the, the concept of starting a podcast had I not spent those few months, you know, hanging out on a morning show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, at what point did you start to think outside of just the podcast that you were like, I think this is really a ministry and you started speaking. And then I know, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, your book is coming out in January, which I know you are so excited and nervous and all the feels about. And that's been a long time in the making. Um, You know, at what point did all of that kind of stuff start to really come to your, you know, come in front of you and, and say, this is an opportunity and God's saying like, this is what I want you to do next. Mm. 
Yeah, it's just, um, it's all just kind of happened in, in great, perfect timing, and it hasn't been crazy, that's for sure. I mean, this this book that's coming out in January, believe it or not, the stories in this book, especially the first half, um, are stories that I have been wanting to write and tell for years and years and years. Now, the last half is what God has worked in my life over mm-hmm. the past couple of years, which has made me more confident in uh, his work in my life. And so the book is exciting, and oh my gosh, it's it's nerve wracking as well because you have a copy of it, don't you? Yeah, I do, and I just yes. started it yesterday. <laughs> and so that, as a first time author, when I think about these women that have my words in front of them, words that, mind you, we are still editing, and so I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh! And so it makes me it makes me nervous, but it also just makes me think, man, God is so good to do these things because yeah. I, I, this is not I didn't plan out a set out, you know four years ago to start a podcast and then get the opportunity to speak to women around the country and write a book. And it's just kind of happened. And, you know, one of my, one of the things I love to do, and I love to encourage women and, and I love to, you know, inspire women and point people to Jesus. In fact, those are the three things that, that I hope my podcast does every episode is encourage women, inspire them to do big things and point them to Jesus. And so that's kind of been this kind of standing, standing block that I want to build everything on. So if I'm doing whatever I'm doing, am I encouraging you? Am I inspiring you? And am I am I constantly pointing you to Jesus? And so yeah. for me, the show has been this really big platform where I get to just cheer women on. Uh, and, and I feel like not that I do that perfectly, but I do feel as though that's a really big value that women, they like to see, they like to see women for each other and mm. they like to see women cheering each other on and, and if you can come on my show, you know, I want to I want to show everyone what God's doing in your world, because I think it's valuable. Yeah. And so for me, I really think this I'm just going around and around here to get to your answer to your question. No, I was great. Just throughout the podcast and throughout um, people or people listening to it, it has really opened up doors for me that wouldn't have been opened. Um, I mean, I don't know that they I have no idea. I'm not God. I don't know if they would have been <laughs> open or not, but it, it seems like that he's been using this podcast to open a lot of doors. Yeah just humbling and honoring and exciting as well. I mean, I love my job. I love every aspect of it. The podcasting, the speaking, the writing, I, I love it all. And it's getting me um, more opportunities to just push women towards Jesus. And, and I love that. So I totally agree that there is such a need for women genuinely cheering each other on. It's so... I get so frustrated sometimes with, with the internet and mommy wars and all of that stuff and you know and just and just people being not nice is <laughs> the, the you know the very uh, basic yeah. way of saying it but I I feel like I connect so well with with you know people like you who just genuinely want to see other women succeed and there was I was at a um, conference in um, a podcasting conference actually in August and one of the speakers there said something that really spoke was just really interesting. And it was a male speaker, but I think it's something that can be applied no matter what. Um, He said, I don't know why there's so much quote unquote competition in the podcasting space. And he's like, it's not like TV. It's not like if you're watching this show at one time, then that means you're not watching another show. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I can listen to your podcast and I can listen to your podcast just because I'm listening to that guy's podcast over there doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to that guy's podcast over there. And it got into this bigger conversation of we have this really unique opportunity to support each other in 
the podcasting industry, but then it got me thinking even more about, man, that can be applied to so many things like with social media and blogs and books. And, you know, why are we feeling like we are in competition with each other when we're really not? And I say this like we as in, you know, the general collective society or whatever. It's just like we feel like we're in constant competition with each other, but we're not. We can all support each other and encourage each other. And when one woman succeeds you know, and you have a whole army of women behind her cheering her on, then when somebody else succeeds, you know, that same woman who had been cheered on before will then, you know, it's just like this ripple effect that just has so Mm -hmm. much, can make such a positive impact on, I mean, on the world. For sure, for sure. I I call it that, I like to say there's no, the scarcity effect that we think is happening um, is a false narrative. Yes. Um, You know, and for us personally as podcasters, I feel like uh, there are a lot of people starting shows. Yeah. And I have women come up to me all the time and say, I think I want to start a show. You've inspired me. I'm afraid it'll be just like yours. And I'm like, no, it won't because it's you. Right. Go start a podcast. Uh, You will never hear me on a microphone and my friends who I would speak all truth and you can ask my hum- husband who I would say anything to I have never ever said golly I hope that person doesn't start a show right you know two people have started shows this summer who were in my same genre and they're very well known and they are rocking it um, and I'm happy for them you know yeah. what I mean and so it's I, I, I do want women in all areas of our life um, to, to forget the scarcity model if you if you own a business cheer other businesses on right help people about other businesses um, you know, I think that that's one of the things I think I've loved about my show so much is just getting to cheer people on. I tell you, I felt I have felt it with this book coming out is that people that have had on that I've had on the show have come out and just been like, hey, I'm cheering for you. I'm so happy for you. And that is it's true. It's it's a real happiness that's coming out. Um, and I think, man, if we can't cheer, if we can't be for each other, if we cannot cheer each other on, then a we're not confident in who we are. Mm-hmm. We're not confident in what we're doing. Um, and all we are confident in is, it, am I going to be successful? And your success, it's not going to matter if you just walk through th- this life trying to be successful and you don't care about anyone else around you. Right. Uh, and so I am all about collaboration, linking arms, cheering people on, um, because it matters. You it know, does. And it really, really matters. Okay, guys, I know you're loving this conversation with Jamie, but I want to take a quick break from talking with her and let me tell you about the awesome company that is sponsoring today's episode. Our sponsor today is Globin. Globin is the only fair trade verified subscription box company that empowers artisans around the world through job creation and fair wages. Globin's best-selling artisan boxes are filled with curated selections of handmade and ethically produced home goods, beauty finds, and wearable accessories. Each artisan box has gorgeous and unique pieces that are just stunning. The newest artisan box is the Beauty Box, and it is one of my favorites to date. The gorgeous hand-carved rosewood compact mirror is perfect for throwing in your bag and having when you're in a pinch and you need to check your lipstick. The stunning, bright, and colorful cosmetic bag from Ghana is so roomy and it holds all of your toiletries. I cannot wait to use it on our vacation next week. And the scrunchie from Kenya. You guys, there's a scrunchie. It's so cute and it's fun, but it's also practical. And it makes me feel like it's 1996 again, and I actually really love it. And it all comes in this gorgeous, 
woven leaf basket from Mexico, which is perfect for organizing beauty products in my bathroom. And we're just a few weeks away from the holiday season and Globin offers corporate gifts. Think about how much more meaningful your holiday gifts to your employees, clients, or even your coworkers would be with a Globin artisan box. Now, don't forget you can use the exclusive coupon code MOLLY for 10% off your purchase from Globin. Visit globin.com slash box for details. That's globin.com, G-L-O-B-E-I-N.com slash box with the coupon code MOLLY for 10% off. And that coupon code is also good for their shop. Don't forget, if you haven't listened to my podcast interview with Liza Moiseva, the founder of Globin, you can go back and check out that in episode 25 to learn more about this amazing company. Now, back to the episode with Jamie. I want to ask about the book um, because I know that this is this is your you know your baby so to speak that you've been working on and 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 pouring over and I know that you've shared a lot about um, how both therapeutic and cathartic that writing this was but also difficult at times and um, encouraging um, for those that don't know tell us a little about tell us the title and what it's about and what can, people can expect and how they can pre-order it and all that oh yes so the book is called um, If You Only Knew, and the tagline underneath it is My Unlikely Unavoidable Story of Becoming Free. Mm. And so the book is really, it's very memoir-esque. It's very story-driven, uh, but it's also very full of just truths about who Jesus is and how yeah. he's changed my life um, and how he continues to change my life. Yeah, um, And just about, I mean, some of these things that we're just talking about now of just be, finding girlfriends who you can be vulnerable with, finding yeah. girlfriends who are going to speak truth over you. Um, and then really just walking through life, really trusting that God is for you and um, that transparency and vulnerability actually build our relationships and make them stronger. And so that's kind of what the book is. It was, it's been a lot in making. I will say that it was hard to write for a couple of reasons. I feel much more comfortable with a microphone in front of my, in in my hand instead of a pen. And Mm -hmm. so it was, it was, you know, it was, it was hard work, you know, just to say that it was also hard emotionally. I mean, I went back to a lot of years that were painful and hard and I just, it was hard entering into those moments again. Um, It was hard too. There's a chapter in there that I wrote that is me being pretty vulnerable. I'm vulnerable all the time in my life and I'm <laughs> I'm pretty much an open book and I'm, yeah. I'm, the book is full of vulnerability, but there's one chapter that is just very, very vulnerable for me as a person. And so yeah. that was hard to write and yeah. people are reading it, you know, and yeah. I've already had someone send me a message about that particular chapter and just how much it spoke to them. And so I'm just trusting that God's going to use my vulnerability and my transparency uh, to bring him glory because he says that he will. And so I'm, yeah. I'm like the, I'm like taking the first step. I'm like, here's me. And now let's all do this. So that's yeah. kind of the book. It comes out in January. You can get on Amazon, Amazon already, which is crazy and weird. And then it practically will be on your doorstep on January 30th. That's so exciting. It's like the gift you forgot you bought yourself. I know. I know. I you do know? that. I do that a lot in pre-order books when yeah. somebody I love is writing a book and it, you know, I pre-order it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot because <laughs> I get a I shipping notification that's on my doorstep. It was so exciting. My husband released a book in August and last December. Okay, last December, I pre-ordered it and totally forgot as if I need to pre-order my husband's own book. (laughs) But I did because, hey, all sales matter. And so his book released that day. We're all excited. And then an Amazon package came and I'm like, I got your book in the mail as I had like boxes in my living room, you know, but 
it was fun and exciting and so you can pre-order now and it'll show up on january 30th i love it did you pre-order your own book <laughs> you know what my husband did when it I first came it. out he's like i'm gonna pre-order i'm like you don't have to he's like i will so i guess that's what we do for each other we cheer yeah. each other on and we order each other's books. yeah you pre-order each other's books yes yes <laughs> i love it um yeah i just i guess I, you know it's one of those things that where did you i mean i I, so I haven't gotten that far in the book because I just started it. So um, did you grow up um, in a Christian home? I did. I grew up in a Christian home. I've been in church my whole life and would have said I was a Christ follower early on in my life. And just as I got older, there was zero fruit. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, and that's kind of a Christian-y thing that I just said. So there just was no, uh, my life didn't look like someone who was following Jesus. And yeah. so- I don't think I was a believer. You know, I really yeah. don't. And so I started following Jesus and really committed, um, gave him my life when I was 21. Mm-hmm. And so before 21 and before I had a lot of just stuff that I'd been through and a lot, I brought a lot of baggage to the table in my marriage. And I just brought a lot of fear also that people would find out. Like what if, I mean, there's the title, if you only knew. I always had this fear of if they knew who I'd been before, if they yeah. knew where I'd been, if they knew these things about me, then they would question my ability to be a Christian, which goodness gracious is like so anti what God says about us. Yeah. But I had a hard time finding, figuring that out. And so that's kind of where this book came from as well. Yeah. Well, I just think that that is, is something that people really need because we all go through that. We all have those things in our past that we feel like we need to be embarrassed by or ashamed of or we are struggling with, you know, still to this day. It's like we carry that, like you said, baggage or we carry the weight of our mistakes or our regrets. And I, I mean, I certainly went through a lot of that and I, you know, I grew up in what I call a Catholic light home, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, like Mm -hmm. both my parents were Irish Catholic. And so they but they had you know they went to catholic school growing up or nuns like literally beat them up in school and so oh you know when i was a kid my parents were i mean super loving home but they were not the kind of parents who really wanted to push me to go to church or anything like that and i um i had a brief stint in middle school where i had a friend who invited me to church a lot and i i sing and so she invited me to be a part of her worship band mm-hmm. and this is i'm like not really a christian i'm 12 years old in middle school and um the name of our band was doubting thomas i know it's the best the best middle school worship (laughs) band we sang sanctuary lord prepare me yeah it's really it was really good to be a sanctuary and you got to do it in a round (laughs) <laughs> yeah, whatever that means Go you know it. you know like the lord prepare me lord prepare yeah, yeah. 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 you gotta yeah. do it around um let's say uh here i am to worship uh-huh. you know I, that's yeah. not actually how if i you sound turn on christian radio these days you can still, still hear these songs <laughs> because they're still playing them, so there's it's that. true it's so true but yeah it was some really there was some really I mean, there were some good songs we sang, also some really cheesy ones yeah. um but yeah so that was my brief stint in a worship band in middle school and then that ended and, you know, fast forward, fast forward. I really, really walked away from the church and Jesus and a lot of things happened in my life. Um, my mom had passed away when I was a senior in high school and I, I just, I was like done with those church people. Mm-hmm. And I, there was even a time in my life, you know, in college and even right after college where I was just like, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in Jesus. I, that, mm-hmm. that guy wouldn't let all those things that have happened to me happen to me. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it was hard. And um, 
I made some really bad mistakes, um, which over the years I've begun to share. Um, Most of them were financial. I got into some really, really serious financial trouble. Um, And, uh, and I finally, you know, I, I became debt free, but through that process of becoming debt free, I was debt free of my sin debt too, if that mm-hmm. makes you know what I mean. Yeah, I went from uh-huh. financial debt and sin debt um, all at the same time. I I got rid of all that, um, mm-hmm. and it was, but it was really hard, and and I changed a lot through that time for the better as I got to know who Jesus actually was, and I think it took not I think I know it took Jesus bringing me to my knees quite literally just at that breaking point. And that happens for so many people mm-hmm. that I, that I meet that are like, Oh, I, I, you know, either I grew up in the church and I walked away from the church and then Jesus brought me to my knees or I was never part of the church. And then Jesus brought me to my knees. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes that's just what has to happen. And I have found that I like to think of myself as a newer believer, even though I, you know, I, I guess I've been going I've been going to the church that I, we go to now um, seven years. So, you know, I guess I've been a believer for seven years now, but I still think of myself as like a baby believer, yeah, really. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I don't have the confidence in myself to just share what God has done in my life because I feel like I'm inadequate. But the thing that I have been feeling lately is that God's showing me that it doesn't matter if you are a newer believer or you've been a believer your whole life, just honestly and earnestly sharing with others what God's doing in your life is sharing the gospel. And that's a hard step for people to take. And um, I guess I just, I say all that just because, you know, how you were saying, just when you really get down to the nitty gritty and share what Jesus is doing in your life and how he transformed those those if you only knew things and how he made them just part of your testimony or that what people say, you know, when they, they, when Jesus takes your mess and makes it your message, you know, that is so powerful. And I just, I'm, I can't wait to see what God does through you and continues to do through you because I know it is going to change so many lives. And so I just wanted to encourage you as I know that you are, kind of you're feeling that the, those jitters now as people are starting to get your book and and read your words and I, I I mean I haven't written a book um I have it it's a dream of mine that I may or may not be working on but I don't you know it's I can't I can't imagine what that feels like <laughs> yeah well thank you so much and you know just to say to that something I've really learned through just my life as well is that so many times I feel like we want to present people with when we think about we need to share about God and we want to share about his gospel and we want to tell people about Jesus then I need to show I need to be that perfect Christian for them mm-hmm. but when in reality the things that make God so amazing and the thing that makes Jesus so worth it is that he takes who we are and all of our messes mess ups from you know 10 years ago in my life yeah. or 15 20 years ago and all of the messes from like this morning and so like if I, here's an example when my kids left for school today they literally were running towards the bus and i was yelling at them like this is not a great way to start our day right <laughs> no. like i'm not kidding like i'm yelling at them because they're gonna miss the bus and i can't take them to school today i have things to do and so i literally am yelling at my children <laughs> as they get to the bus and then they made it and then I immediately felt shame and I immediately felt like, golly, 
crappiest mom ever. You know, like mm-hmm. Aaron's out of town. It was a crazy morning. I'm trying to get to my Bible study and all, and I'm just like frazzled. Yeah. But when I get to share that with you right now, or my girlfriends that I already shared that with, what I get to do is I get to say, man, God, you are, you're the redeemer. Mm-hmm. Like you are the one who, um, you are where my identity is found. So my yeah. identity is not found that I'm a crazy screaming mom at my kids because they're going to miss the bus and I can't take them to school. Like you, I, I'm going to talk to them this afternoon. I'm going to ask them to forgive me. But God, I'm coming to you and you're going to forgive me. I get to share that story that happened this morning. And that story right there says, man, God is a God who forgives. God is a God who loves. God is yeah. a God who says, you know what? That's not who you are. I know who you are. You're a child of mine. Yeah. You know, being a Christ follower means that I get to start over. Yeah. But if I just kept that in and put on this persona, like, you know what? This morning I had homemade blueberry muffins with blueberries <laughs> that I picked from our garden. And I woke my kids up with a nice stroke on their brow and, you know, <laughs> had hot tea for them. And I spoke very calm words and we were singing praise music on the way to the bus. <laughs> like if I told you that story, it seems as though I have no need for Jesus. And not that I need to like be a ragged yell at my kids every morning because God, I hope I'd not. But when I do. I can be confident in that story because God is the redeemer of that story. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, man, let's just let's just take down the pretenses. Let's and not that we have to have a platform to share that story publicly like I am. But, you know, I shared that story with my girlfriends over Voxer this morning because it's a way for me to say, man, God, I needed Jesus this morning because Mm -hmm. I was frazzled with my children, you know, and so those everyday moments when we get to say, here's who I really am. Here's how God actually works in my life. And so, so the story, I mean, you know, I just went on a tangent because I can get no, I love it. About, about women just really owning who we are, even the hard parts. I don't want to be a mom who screams at my kids when they're running to the bus. Are yeah. you kidding? Like I, I wish that I could have chased after that bus and told them I was sorry, but I have to wait till they get home, you know? And so, yeah. but I do want to be a woman who says, who says this out loud and says, man, I still need God every single day in every moment. Yeah. And this was a very evident moment this morning with yes. my frazzled self, with oh, my coffee, I yelling s- at them. I struggle with it bus. every day. I was like, if you miss that bus, you're in some, I mean, I was just, yeah. I was frazzled. Yeah. And I think, but I need Jesus. Moms can, we can relate to that so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, by, so my husband's birthday was yesterday and um, we, <laughs> we went out to dinner and we were, our daughter was like acting really weird at dinner. She's four. And I mean, she's four. So, you know, that's right. what four year olds right. do. But she was just acting very strange. And we were kind of, I feel bad. I mean, we feel really bad now. We apologize. But we were just kind of like, Lily, sit up. Like, come on, eat your dinner. Like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. You right. know, it's, it's, it's daddy's birthday. Come on, shape yeah, up. <laughs> come on, come on, shape up or yeah. ship out. And, um, and then the whole way home, and I'm really sorry to, for sharing this, but <laughs> the whole way home, she's like complaining and we're just like, Lily, what is going on? Like, why are you complaining? What is going on? And then she says, mommy, my tummy feels juicy. <laughs> Oh, said, no. oh no and she goes mommy it feels like there's something in my tummy that doesn't belong and I was like oh no <laughs> and you can imagine what happened next and it was terrible and we felt so bad she it, oh it was bad but you know after we finally clean everything up and we put her to bed and my husband and I stand there we're like I feel really bad. She really didn't feel good. And there we were being uh-huh. like, come on, Lily, shape up. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and, but it's those moments and, and stuff like that happens. And it, but it does, I think, give us a great opportunity to have those conversations with our kids, even at 
three, four years old to say, hey, you know what? We messed up and we're really sorry. Can you forgive us? And and then say, Jesus, thank you for yeah. for loving us no matter what we do, even when we mess up and when it when it's embarrassing or when we said something we shouldn't have or we weren't, you know, we weren't giving our kids grace and or we weren't having the patience we should have had. Man, that's tough. But it really is it's such a lesson for so many of us that that I feel like I have to learn every day and sometimes every 30 minutes. So for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, I um so I do this thing called Bible Study Fellowship or BSF. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of it. Um, yeah. So this year we're studying the book of Romans. And so every year we study just one book of the Bible. So the first year I did it, we did the book of Revelation. Last year we did John. This year we did Romans. And, um, so, you know, so we just started. And so we're kind of, we're really digging deep into Romans 1. And my husband, he grew up in a Christian home and he like missed four Sundays of church his entire life. Like, and he's just one of those people where he's, I really respect his knowledge of the Bible and, and all of that. And I was asking him, I was just like, why do you think God chose Paul to, to be the messenger to the Gentiles? Like he could have, I mean, he had the disciples that were, you know, trying to reach the Jews, but why Paul to the Gentiles? Like, why didn't he pick, you know, a really well-known Gentile? Why did he pick somebody like Paul? And, it got us kind of in an interesting conversation just talking about, well, if you look at Paul as a person, like he was really educated and he was really smart and he was really well-respected and kind of feared in the community, obviously, because of all the persecution that he was doing of Christians. And, you know, he was just this very, very high up, you know, Jewish rabbi. <laughs> and when the disciples, you know, you have the disciples who are these kind of just run-of-the-mill fishermen, not super educated, just kind of, you know, almost blue-collar type people, you know, God was talking, or John was talking about how God was going to use somebody like Paul who did a complete 180 (laughs) and take somebody like Paul to just really, to reach everybody. And, you know, and people were going to look at Paul and say, oh, well, if, if that guy can be changed, then what can God do for me? And it just kind of got me thinking about the way that God uses the most unlikely people in the most unlikely scenarios to do amazing, big, great things for him. And it's just, I I guess it's just encouraging to me because I look at some of the people in the Bible like Paul or, you know, Rahab or people like that who God used to do just amazing things. And I just, I just think it's so cool. And I think it's something that, um, you know, that you do really well through the podcast is just sharing your story and sharing the stories of others um, and what God's doing in their life. And um, so just thank you again for doing, for doing that because it's impacted me and I know it's impacted so many others. Well, thank you so much. I try to do that. So I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm going to transition here to the last little part where we're just going to go into what I call the lightning round. And my husband. I'm the worst at these. No. I really am. Well, so I have. It's supposed to be lightning and I'll give you like a paragraph answer. (laughs) It's totally fine. Um, But so my husband, he edits these shows. And um, this is the point where I get let him have fun and put in a really fun sound effect right here to introduce the lightning round. 
Oh, it's like pom, 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 or something like that. <laughs> yes, but but his bit now is since he's like, since I get to edit your shows, I'm gonna put in whatever sound I want. And like the first time we did this, it was like this, like it was just the weirdest sound effect, but really hilarious. So he's just like, I'm just gonna surprise you every episode. Okay, well, what's your husband's name? John. Okay, John. I. I want like what I'm picturing in my head is like kind of like what you just did. I need like some kind of hoedown. Like if I were to be listening, I would move my arms back and forth and like maybe come around. So let's go, John. I'm, right. I'm counting on you. <laughs> oh, he will deliver. I guarantee. I guarantee. So the first is a more serious question, and then we'll get into some of the more fun ones. Um, what is the best business advice you've ever been given? So I don't know that this is business advice, or I guess it is actually. Um, surround yourself with people who can do what you can't do. Mm, that's a really great piece of advice. So like, just I was looking at my to-do list here, and it says monthly report, which means I have someone who helps me run my books. <laughs> get it yes and so you know like gets people who are do stuff really well to do what they do well and then you can do what you do well yes bless bless that's what i say i am not a numbers person either my a dear friend of mine does my books for me and i just every month i go thank you exactly yep Mm -hmm. i would never pay taxes and so i'm so (laughs) thankful for suzanne (laughs) yes yes um okay so a little a little fun question what's the first tape you ever bought do you remember your first tape you ever bought I don't because I have a ter- terrible memory, but it was probably, God, tapes. I, mean, I know, right? CDs. I'm older than you. <laughs> oh, I, I bought tapes. I bought tapes. I know. I know that I did too. I imagine in my parents' car, we had tapes like the Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crystal Gale. Yes. Uh, that type of genre is probably the tapes that we were listening to when I was younger. I love it. I love it. I had a very, I've always had a very eclectic music taste. My first actual tape I bought was Dave Matthews Band, Under the Table and Dreaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had like Missy Elliott tapes. Soul oh, for, soul for real. Soul for real. Candy That's Rain. <laughs> I know it was. I grew up outside of DC, so taking you know. it way back. Yeah, <laughs> That's how we roll. Um, so this is a this is a. I asked some people to submit silly questions to ask my guests, and this one just literally made me laugh. And so I was like, I bet you Jamie would also laugh at this question because it's so ridiculous. Um, would you rather fight ten duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. I think I would rather fight 10 duck-sized horses. Me too. I mean, that seems easy. But it just, the image I have in my head is quite funny. It is really hilarious. Yes, yes. Um, So another question, and you ask this of your guests on your show all the time. So I wanted to ask it of you. What are three things you're loving these days? Oh, I knew you were going to do yes! it. Yes. <laughs> and it's so funny because I ask people this all the time. And then people ask me, and I'm like, oh, I don't really even know. <laughs> um, okay, but I can do this. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, so I just got these uh, new jogging pants from Ooh. Z Supply. In fact, I'm wearing them right now. Ooh. They actually came in the mail yesterday. As soon as I opened the box, no lie, it was only my daughter and I home. I com- I immediately took my pants off in the kitchen and put them on. And I have not <laughs> taken them off yet. So That's awesome. Like joggers from Z Supply. And they're so comfy that I will admit I slept in them last night as well. And I love I have it. Zero plans to not sleep in them tonight. And yeah. Wear them 
all day tomorrow either. So Absolutely. I'm loving my new joggers from Z Supply. That's the best thing I, about joggers. <laughs> thank you. Yep. Um, I have this watch that I love. It's actually was given to my husband as a gift and I stole it from him. And it's from a company <laughs> called You Would, like W O O D. Yeah. And I believe that they have like a give back model and stuff Ooh. like that. But it's super cute. It's when I say cute, you're like, is it your husband's or yours? Like, it's not cute. I wouldn't say it's we could both wear it. Yeah. So it's it's like very it's very uh, unisex gender neutral. Yes. Gender neutral neutral. unisex. So I'm really loving that. And then let me look around my room. Hold on. Maybe a TV show or a, a new podcast you've discovered or something like that. Okay, I will tell you this too. I love this. So there's this brand named Kapari and they do lotion and coconut oil that I put in my bath, but they have this body oil spray, uh, which my friend Noelle is going to kill me because she sells Beauty Counter and I also love their body oil, but this Kapari body oil, you spray it. And so my daughter and I, my daughter um, is black, so she has um, dark skin and it gets really dry after swimming. So we would take it with us to the pool this summer. And as soon as we got out, we just sprayed it on us. It almost would feel like a suntan oil. It made our skin so soft afterwards. So I love that. I just used some this morning. So it reminded me of it. I love it. Okay. So last this now this is like the official lightning round that was like more just like oh, okay. let's ask some fun questions so these are the either or questions okay are oh, you ready got it. yes coffee or tea coffee cake or pie pie books or movies books pepsi or coke coke good choice um early bird or night owl well i have to be both right now but i prefer night owl tacos or burritos tacos introvert or extrovert not hard taco though. not hard taco yeah soft taco all day every day yeah <laughs> um introvert or extrovert in the middle but probably lean more extrovert call or text text or voxer, voxer <laughs> I, yes. I know you love voxer uh pc or mac mac and last one crushed ice or cubed ice crushed yes i i've asked this question of a couple people recently they're like cubed i'm like what who chooses cubed ice over crushed ice Mm -hmm. the only cube i would pick would be it's basically crushed but it's from sonic and it's oh maybe but it's crushed no sonic ice is yeah sonic ice is is key Uh key. uh and i think you shared or maybe this was oh it was actually in the introduction of your book so spoiler alert for the oh, introduction um, you talked about how you I mean I, you talk about this a lot on your show that you work with um, ladies in your local jail and one of the ladies talked about how she really missed the crushed ice from Sonic yes well yes. I um, I did prison ministry here it was a um, is the maximum security uh, facility here in Raleigh I did that prison ministry for three years before I had. Um, before I had my daughter and I loved that ministry. So I completely understand your love and heart for that ministry because prison ministry is probably my favorite thing I've ever done. And I so want to get back into it when my kids are a little older. It's a little hard right now with the way that the prison ministry were, especially in um, because it's like I said, it's a maximum security prison. So it's really like they have death row and everything so it's a really it's hard to get in and once you're in like you're in there and you have no communication whatsoever for a few hours and so it's just I need to get back in there because I I miss it so much I really really like it a lot I miss it so much and I and I know that you and I talked about this before we started recording but um, I love I will say this again I love that we both have sons named Amos because it just it's not a name that you hear a lot and it's not and I love it because of that. It's such a it's such a great name and we we didn't find out what we were having both times we were pregnant and um 
when I was pregnant with my daughter, like we had the name Amos picked out. And so then we had, we just held on to it and, uh, you know, and we still loved it. And we, you know, but people will, you know, meet our son. They're like, what's his name? I say Amos. And they're like, oh, I love that name. I never hear that name. So <laughs> I know I love it too. It's just, we had gone back and forth, um, with between Amos and Theo. Ooh. And I love, I still love Theo. Yeah. Um, but my husband couldn't get past the Cosby show. And so <laughs> we, that got thrown out pretty quickly. But I love both those names. Um, was it just, did you guys like the name Amos to begin with? Or where did the, where did the name Amos come from? Uh, the name Amos, I, my husband and I have different um, feelings about this. I don't remember. My husband must be super spiritual because he says that he got it from the book of Amos. Um, I don't really remember how it came about. I think that we heard it somewhere and it just kind of kept sticking. Like, yeah, just, we just felt like that's what that's was his name. And it's funny because I'm not saying that your son has an old person name, but Amos is kind of this older name. It is. Oh, and it totally is. My son, Amos, you know, we first met him when he was two and a half and he has always had this kind of older face looking like mm. if you saw a picture of him when he was two years old he looked like a baby body on an old man's face hilarious <laughs> cutest thing ever um so it just it totally fits him which i think is just funny how names end up fitting the person but oh absolutely I know where we found it where did you guys find it um my so, so my husband was at the gym when we were pregnant um with our first and we had we'd had a girl name and we just could not come up with a guy a boy name and my husband was at the gym and I kid you not on his Spotify playlist, Amos Moses by Jerry Reed started. playing. Oh my gosh. I've never even heard of that. Person. Oh yes. Look up Jer- is Jer- Jerry Reed, Amos Moses. It's, you know, it's like a song. I don't know. Probably from the seventies. I don't know. And it's like about a guy named Amos Moses. Who's a Cajun and lives in a swamp. <laughs> he goes, what about the name Amos Moses? And I was uh-huh. like, no, but I like the name Amos. And then, yeah, and then we that night I was like, well, let's read the book of Amos together. And so we sat down and we decided to start reading the book of Amos. So we went through the book of Amos and um, and then same thing. The name Amos kept popping up. And then like the next Sunday at church, our pastor preached on a verse from the book of Amos and it just kept appearing. And so we were just like, oh, OK, I guess Amos is it. And so but yeah, it did start. It was not a super spiritual thing. It was my husband heard Amos Moses by Jerry Reed. And <laughs> was the like, best. But there is I mean, Amos is a really, really like amazing prophet. And oh, so yeah. I love that my son is named after, you know, a great prophet of the Lord. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jamie, this was such a pleasure and an honor to have you on. I could honestly, I could talk to you all day. Um, so I just really appreciate you taking time out of what I know is a busy schedule to sit down with me and come on the show and just share your heart and share your story and, um, a little bit of behind the scenes of how you got started into your podcast and hopefully people got to know you a little bit better. And thank you again so much. This was so much fun. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me talk and thank you for being on my launch team. Oh, I feel like. It is my pleasure. We are friends now forever, so thank you. Yes, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much. Don't you just feel like you could hang out with Jamie all day long and she'd instantly be your best friend? 
I absolutely loved our conversation. I loved how we talked about everything from family to business to ministry to what she's loving and comfy jogger pants because I'm pretty sure everybody needs some comfy jogger pants in their life. I just adored her and she was so much fun to chat with. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps ensure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you are there, would you mind taking a moment and leaving a review of the show? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This recent review from somebody who didn't leave their name. So I just I just want to let you know that I appreciate it. It says, this is the most inspiring podcast. Molly is an incredibly inspiring person and speaker. Her passion and humor make this podcast not only informative, but so much fun to listen to. These interviews are fueling my own passion and desire to make a real difference with my business. I can't recommend this podcast enough. Thank you so much for that review. It means the world to me. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag business with purpose podcast or tag me at Still Being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Globin. Don't forget to visit globin.com slash box and use the coupon code Molly for 10% off. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>